Long before Bobby McFerrin sang, Don't Worry, Be Happy, for those old-timers here, and Alfred E. Newman asked, What? Me worry? Jesus told us not to worry. He actually said, Do not be anxious. And he told us why. Because anxiety for a child of God is unnecessary, it's unworthy, and it's unfruitful. I think we need to hear again what he had to say. We're in the sixth chapter of Matthew's Gospel in the Sermon on the Mount, ready for verses 25 through 30. For this reason I say to you, do not be anxious for your life. As to what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor for your body as to what you shall put on, is not life more than food and the body than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single cubit to his lifespan and why are you anxious about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow, that they do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all his glory, did not clothe himself like one of these. But if God so arrays the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more do so for you, O men of little faith? Jesus begins this section on anxiety with, for this reason, or therefore. Now, he's going to give us reasons not to be anxious as he proceeds, but the therefore also looks back at what he had previously said. He's been talking about our choices in life. And if we have made the right choices, there is no need to worry. The first had to do with what we choose to treasure in life. If we treasure the things of earth, we are going to worry about them because we know that moths and rust can destroy them and thieves can break in and steal. In fact, the more we have the more we worry. And the more we're obsessed with protecting it. You know, there's a time when no one locked their doors. But now we lock them, we deadbolt them, and we put in security systems. Why do we do that? I, I really don't think it's because there's more crime today. As Jesus pointed out, thieves were digging through walls to get to people's treasures 2,000 years ago. I think it's because we've got so much stuff and we worry about losing it. You know, I think Dennis the Menace had it right when he noticed all the apples on Mr. Wilson's tree and said, you're going to have a million apples to worry about this year. The more we have, the more we worry if we treasure up treasures upon the earth, we're going to worry about them and we'll do everything we can to protect them. We will have worries. If, however, our treasure is in heaven, it's secure. Nobody 
can break in and steal what's been entrusted to God. It's an important choice, what we treasure. Another choice we make is what we keep in focus. If we keep our eyes focused on the light, the things that can happen in darkness really won't frighten us. We won't worry about becoming overcome by evil and the darkness of this world. We stay focused on the good. We'll not see all of the evil around us. And that's a good thing. And if we've given ourselves to the right master, we won't have to worry about our basic needs because our master will provide for us. We won't worry about food and clothing. Our master, the one who created us and gave us life and a body, has demonstrated his ability and his willingness to sustain that life and to protect that body. Nature itself reminds us of that. The God who created birds has seen to it that their needs are met. He's provided a marvelous environment and an adequate food chain to meet all their needs. Now, it is true that the environment can be destroyed and that food chain can be broken. But man is usually the culprit when that happens. As a rule, the birds are fed and they don't have to worry about it. They don't even have to sow or reap or gather into barns. God has simply seen to it that their needs are met. He cares for His creation. And Jesus simply points out that if He's done so for the birds, don't you think He'll do even the same for us? We're the chief of His creation. Don't you think He'll provide for us? Of course, He will. Now, He has ordained that men do sow and reap and gather into barns. You know, even, even ground in the Garden of Eden, was to be cultivated. But then again, even birds have to work for their food. They don't just sit on branches waiting for God to drop worms in their mouth. They have to get out there and dig a little to find it. We, too, have to work. We've got a job to do. We've been made stewards of God's creation, stewards of the environment. And if we care for it properly and wisely, there will be no need. Now, it is possible through greed and selfishness to destroy the environment. And there are those who seek political power by withholding basic needs from those who are weaker than they are. When those things happen, needs do go unmet. And we've even witnessed throughout history the horrors of mass starvation. But that's not God's doing. That's man's doing. God has provided for His creation. The birds testify to that fact. So we don't have to worry about food. And we don't have to worry about clothing. The God who gave us bodies also has provided for their protection. You remember back in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve tried to cover themselves, God stepped in and prepared for them a suitable suit of clothing. He provided for them. 
And He's given to us all that we need to be adequately, even luxuriously clothed. And the flowers testify to that. You know, God's not stingy when it comes to His creation. And He's not opposed to beautiful adornment. Anyone who has taken time to smell the roses and to look at the lilies can tell that. Even flowers that bloom only for a day have a beauty that surpasses the finest garments we can create. And they do so without toiling or spinning. God simply makes them beautiful. And if God cares enough about us to make flowers beautiful for us to enjoy we can rest assured He will not only meet our basic needs, He'll exceed them. He'll exceed them. Anxiety with regards to our physical well-being is unnecessary. We have a Heavenly Father who takes care of us. Not only is such anxiety unnecessary, it's unworthy. Let's read on. This is interesting. Do not be anxious then, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or with what shall we clothe ourselves? For all those things the Gentiles eagerly seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Fathers, how would you feel if your kids were worried about where their next meal was coming from, or whether or not they'd have shoes when school starts, or where they'd sleep tonight. Now, if you had not provided for them in the past, such concerns would be legitimate, and there are some kids who do have to worry about such. But not our kids. We've always provided for them. They should know that we'll not let them go hungry or unclothed or unprotected. In fact, it would hurt us if they started worrying about such. And it would devastate us if they started expressing those concerns to others. You know, how would it reflect on us if everyone at school knew our kids were worried? about the basic necessities of life. What kind of fathers would they think us to be? Would we deserve such a reputation? Of course not. Such anxieties would be uncalled for, unworthy of good fathers. And the same is true of God. The Gentiles, the pagans... They have reason to worry. They made wrong choices. They turned their back on their Heavenly Father. They didn't entrust themselves to His care. They should worry. But if we worry just like them, what does that say about our Heavenly Father? Such anxiety is unworthy. It's shameful. It's despicable because of the way it portrays our Heavenly Father to others. It's insulting to God for His children to worry about food or clothing or the mortgage payment. Our Heavenly Father 
knows we need those things. And if we've kept our priorities straight, we've sought first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We've not wasted the resources He's provided in a vain attempt to treasure up treasures on earth. And we will have everything we need. We're keeping our eye on the light of God's Word, making decisions on the basis of His guidance, there is no need to worry. We've rejected mammon, the money God we talked about last week. And we're faithfully serving a loving and generous Heavenly Father. Anxiety is unworthy behavior for a child of the King. In fact, it's a slap in his face. Anxiety for a child of God is unnecessary, it's unworthy, and quite frankly, it's unfruitful. Verse 34, Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen? (laughs) There's no need worrying about tomorrow. Tomorrow may never come. And if it does, you don't know what cares, what worries it'll bring with it. You can rest assured that it will have worries and adversities and evils. Whether you worry about them or not. You know, I've frustrated some people in the past who were going through tough times and they wanted me to assure them that things would get better tomorrow. I'd have to say, maybe not. We don't have a promise that tomorrow is going to be easier than today. We don't. And it's ludicrous for us to expect that. Jesus said, tomorrow we'll have its own worries. But don't worry about them today. (laughs) That makes great sense to me. Jesus says, take care of today's troubles and then face tomorrow's when they get here. If they get here. That doesn't mean we don't plan for tomorrow or make provision for tomorrow, but it does mean we don't worry about tomorrow. After all, as Jesus pointed out in verse 27, Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single cubit to one's lifespan? All the worry in the world won't make us live any longer. In fact, it'll most likely cut our life short. There's no point worrying about tomorrow or today or even yesterday, for that matter. Someone has wisely said, The average person crucifies himself between two thieves. The regret of yesterday and the worries about tomorrow. That's pretty good. And the word anxiety literally means to be drawn in different directions, to be torn apart. And that's all it accomplishes. It tears us apart. So why Worry, it accomplishes nothing. 
One woman worried so much about her worries that she began to keep record of them. She found that 40% of the things she worried about never happened. 30% were old decisions that she couldn't alter. And 12% were criticisms that other people made of her, mostly untrue. 10% were about her health, which worsened as she worried about it. And only 8% were what she called legitimate worries. Her biggest discovery was how much energy she needlessly expended on her worries. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't help. Anxiety is unfruitful. So don't waste your emotional energy on it. Instead, use what energy you have to work out today's problems. If you do, you'll find tomorrow's problems are controllable as well. After all, God has promised that he'll not allow us to be tested beyond what we are able, with his help, to endure so don't worry. I was talking to someone on the phone yesterday and I mentioned that I was preaching about worry and she said, oh yes, worry is a sin. I thought, well, yeah, but it's just stupid. You know, don't, don't get laid up with guilt because you worry and say, oh, it's sin, I've got to stop. And he says, don't do it because it doesn't make any sense. That helps me more than just saying, oh, it's a sin, don't worry. Then you worry about sinning. Okay? (laughs) So just quit worrying. It doesn't work. It's unnecessary because we have a Heavenly Father who takes care of us. Okay? It's unworthy because it makes us tell others that we have a Father who doesn't love us and won't care for us. And it's unfruitful. It accomplishes nothing. So use the emotional energy to deal with the problems of today. And you know what's really cool? Is if we'll keep our eyes on Jesus, we'll not worry. Because worry is banished when our thoughts are dominated by Christ and who He is and what He's given to us. If we'll just turn our eyes upon Jesus and look full in His wonderful face, the things of earth, the problems of earth, will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory. Let's sing that.